You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, for your Thursday edition, Crossover Thursday, with your host, Jeff Lloyd, on Twitter, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Make sure you're following, and the Locked On Browns Twitter account as well, iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, We are doing our Wednesday wrap, rolling into Crossover Thursday. A little bit later, we are going to sit down with Locked On Chiefs host, Chris Clark, one of the dynamic duo over there in anticipation of Sunday's matchup as the Cleveland Browns travel to Arrowhead Stadium to face the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, The Browns, fingers crossed, knock on wood, starting to get back to some normalcy. Folks, a Wednesday practice for your Cleveland Browns. Things we are not used to. Uh, things trending for Coach Stefanski and for Joe Batonio to be back with this franchise on Thursday in their respective roles. Today, back at practice, off the COVID-19 list, cornerbacks Devin Ward and Kevin Johnson. I'm sorry, Denzel Ward and Kevin Johnson. My excitement is getting the best of me. Uh, so starting to finally, uh, hopefully, get over the wave of trouble that COVID-19 had on your Cleveland Browns. Uh, your practice update, Jack Conklin did not practice with the hamstring. As you all know, he did leave Sunday night's game. David Njoku, another, did not practice today with a hamstring. And also linebacker B.J. Goodson with a shoulder here. Look, as we always say about Wednesday injury reports, it's a little bit early in the week uh, to start to decide whether or not these guys are going to be in, going to be out. Plus, the Browns have been very, very cautious with their veterans. Uh, veteran linebacker Malcolm Smith, full practice today with an ankle. This is a little bit bigger than maybe some people think. Um, to take care of a player like Travis Kelsey, it's going to be underneath. It's going to be over-the-top safety help. Uh, I have a feeling Malcolm Smith may get an opportunity to you know get his crack at Travis Kelsey. The best coverage linebacker the Browns currently have, also a veteran. I'm sure at some point in his long career, he has crossed paths with Travis Kelsey. Uh, so to have a guy who at least has seen the man play, been a part of trying to stop him, this could be something that could aid the Browns on Sunday. Um, you talk about Joel Batonio coming back, just a big opportunity here to get this offensive line intact going up against the Chiefs. Uh, for the Chiefs, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire limited in practice today. You're wondering if maybe that's a player that's going to come back. Rookie linebacker Willie Gay, very, very athletic player. Ankle did not practice today as well. Other than that, the only other one on the list of maybe some significance, Sammy Watkins uh, did not practice uh, due to his calf injury. Um, no Mitchell Schwartz, which is, you know, that would be a big one, um, you know, for the, for the Browns to not have to face old Cleveland Brown. Mitchell Schwartz in this game. Uh, but you're starting to see and you hear the accolades and you see the video of just, you know, the guys and what they were able to pull off Sunday night in Pittsburgh. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett leading this team as they are both, both former number one overall picks. This is their time to shine, to lead for this franchise, to star for this franchise. And they are, and players are following in suit along with them. So it's been a fun ride here, uh, you know, and everybody, the juices are flowing, you know, victory Wednesday. Can we do victory Thursday tomorrow? I'm all for it, folks. Let's not stop this party here um, as we start to, you know, turn the page to the Kansas City Chiefs here. You know, just some of my thoughts, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, you know, Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in this game, uh, plays with a video game mentality, never afraid to give a play up. 
Uh, we all know about Tyreek Hill, the amazing deep presence he has, the speed factor that he brings, the fact that if the ball is in his hands, he's a threat to go at any given time. All things that you're going to have to monitor and keep your eyes on against this team. And then, of course, there's Travis Kelsey. Um, and, you know, he's just, he is the beast. He is the man. Uh, you say this is tight end number one in the NFL right now. And any questions, conversations can be done from number two on down. He is that good. Mitchell Schwartz missing is not uh, is certainly not going to aid the Chiefs here. Um, you can put Miles Garrett over on that side, away from Fisher, uh, create some easy opportunities for your star pass rusher defensively. As we talked about, you know, last night with um, <clears throat> with John Costco from PFF, uh, you know, Chris Jones should be deserved to mention in the, in the likes of Calais Campbell, Fletcher Cox, those type of names. Tyron Matthew. Yes, the play has not been overall this year, but an absolute star individual who is capable of making a big play at any given time. Uh, you know, we're going to get to this more and more throughout the week. Uh, your uh, your Friday episode is going to be a fun one. Uh, we have a former Cleveland Brown coming on who's uh, pretty excited and wanted to join in after the excitement of Sunday night. So we're going to do that. Um, your crossover edition here. We're going about to uh, segue over. Uh, to our sit-down with Chris Clark. Chris is going to speak with me uh, on the Browns. I'm going to speak with Chris on the Chiefs and how they are the standard of the AFC right now. And if you want to go slay the mountain, the only way to do that is to knock the Kansas City Chiefs off the top of said mountain. We'll be back with Chris Clark from Locked On Chiefs in just a second. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, Nothing feels good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Can't talk about setting new goals this up, upcoming year. New year, new me. You guys all know it. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout for the comfort of your own home. The X75 is Echelon's latest state-of-the-art intervention that takes cycling to the next level. The EX75 connected bike is built with performance, flexibility, and durability in mind. The EX75 is the bike for the competitors at heart. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily and on-demand studio-level classes, always available when you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try Echelon Fitness Equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash locked on. And welcome back to another crossover edition of Locked On Chiefs. And this one is Locked On Browns with Jeff Lloyd. Jeff, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, could be better, Chris. Um, you know, obviously, you know, riding the high right now. Um, one thing to make the playoffs, um, but, you know, to go down to Pittsburgh Sunday night, do what they did um, just for the fans of this franchise. Um, it, it, it's it's really, really great times last uh, right now. And obviously the fingers are crossed as we – just try to manipulate our way to the following Sunday for both franchises as far as who's in, who's out. But you just it, it's this time of year, and for Browns fans, um, this is normally who are we going to root for this winter. 
Um, or who not, were you looking at in the draft? Yes. Oh, it's a whole different ball game this year, Chris. Yeah. No, and I have to say, and I said this, you know, on our show right before you guys played on our Friday show, we picked all the games, and I said I don't think the Browns are going to win this game. And it really, honestly, had nothing to do with your team, your talent on your team. I think you had the talent to be able to beat Pittsburgh, but I just didn't think you were going to have the ability because of who was all going to be out. So tell me what it was like in your mind watching that game and watching what came across during that game. Um, you know, some things we had talked about during the week was, uh, you know, continued Baker Mayfield um, being the quarterback we've seen here, I'd say probably over the last 10, 11 weeks, more confident in what he's doing, um, you know, more concise, um, you know, focusing on getting the ball out. Um, and then you see where he took four weeks, uh, sorry, four sacks against the Steelers franchise in week 17 without them, some of their better players, Hayward, um, and of course, you know, TJ Watt. And understanding that I got sacked four times, oh boy, what's it going to be like when the big boys come out? And the onus on himself to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, and then you just look, there's recipes for an upset. One of them is winning the turnover margin. When you win it five zip, um, <laughs> you get a snap over the quarterback's head to start the game. Um, both players you know, lost the the thought process at the time of maybe get the ball out of the back of the end zone. Um, but then you follow it up with another interception, another interception, you capitalize, you win the, uh, you know, you win the line of scrimmage, you get the ball in, you know, clear, clear, solid spots here, you know, getting it in the opponent's territory. They were just able to put it together, but to think about it, you know, with their head coach at home in his basement, uh, your second team, all pro left guard unavailable. You had lost Olivier Vernon the week before Denzel Ward not there, but it's a true reflection on what this franchise is and where it's going. It is a unified front from the top to bottom. Everybody believes in each other from the folks at the top to the folks at the bottom, whether it's the 53rd. And at this point for the Browns, it's been 65th, 66th, 67th man on the roster. Everybody comes in and they're willing to do the work and they're willing to put the team before themselves and for this franchise to be where they are right now after so many years of, you know, just absolute failure or years where you kind of, you know, floated around the idea that maybe you were dating being a good franchise. Uh, it seems like maybe now it's the time for this franchise to basically buy the ring for itself. They have a future. No, they absolutely do. And I have to say it's very, it's going to be very interesting over the next couple of years, because obviously I think Baltimore is going to be in contention for the division title every single year. Uh, Pittsburgh, that's going to be the big question going into next year. Are they going to be able to compete? Is Ben going to be back? $41 million in the cap space. Who knows whether or not he's going to be back. But it does look like the Browns are set up to compete for the future. But let's go ahead and get into talking a little bit about this game. You know, you talk about the five takeovers against Pittsburgh. Uh, obviously, their defense – or obviously, the Browns' defense played pretty well. Uh, they got after Ben. Uh, maybe they didn't get to him and sack him near as much as you would hope. But, uh, you know, Miles Garrett is a monster, and they kept putting two and three people on him and leaving the rest of the guys to uh, g- get after Ben. Um, with Miles, um, he's one, and this has been the thing with players this year. You know, you say, "Oh, well, you know, they tested positive for COVID," but for so many players, it's their story of you know what they have gone through with COVID is unique. Um, you know, Miles was legitimately sick. And kind of talked about it and, you know, social media like showed it like, you know, on his couch with his dogs, with his blankets, watching a game like he was one guy that it it certainly had an effect on. 
And I think everybody just assumes, oh, they're off the COVID list. They're back. The question is, what percentage are they? And it's no different than, well, I mean, I don't want to equate the two, but it's you know kind of similar to a high ankle sprain. You're back to playing, but are you truly back to the player you are? Um, right. For Miles, he hadn't been that player. And that's where Olivier Vernon was key because Olivier Vernon was at his best health. He had been for this franchise and basically said, hey, let me borrow the Superman cape. I'll, I'll do the heavy lifting for the time. You find your way back. And that all worked out great. Um, then he lost Olivier Vernon week 17. Miles, he did not get home Sunday against Ben Roethlisberger. But you were starting to see signs of, oh, all right, I think we're getting here. Um, and they've talked about, you know, breathing treatments they've done for him, you know, lung treatments for him to, you know, have more stamina, have more energy on game day. Um, we'll see, you know, if, if he takes another step forward this week. But, you know, it, it's really difficult when you have a name and everybody equates the name of Miles Garrett of being a superstar in this league. But when he's not at 100 percent and it's not so much that it's, you know, an elbow, a knee or an ankle. Um, it's literally your physical health. Um, right. He's he, he's doing the best he can. Um, he, he He's trying. He knows what these times mean to this franchise. Um, he, drafted here, one overall. You go 0-16 as a rookie. Now you're talking about the second round of the playoffs. He's going to give it all he has, and we're just hoping that it continues to trend in a positive direction because the latter part of the regular season was really difficult for Miles as far as just trying to get his health in order. And you look at this franchise and you look at what they went through last year, 0-16, and then they bring in Kevin Stefanski. And now you're looking at a situation where obviously they're going, getting ready to play in the divisional playoffs against Kansas City. They're heading to Kansas City to play that game. And Stefanski couldn't even coach last week, but he's going to be back against the Chiefs. What have you seen from him? What has he really brought to this franchise that has been able to put it all together for them, at least to this point? I think one of the biggest things that Coach Stefanski did that won over this locker room, obviously the front office and the coaching staff, they were going to be unified. They're all like-minded individuals, all come from an intelligent Ivy League background where analytics plays in. So it was the perfect mesh of Paul DePodesta, Andrew Berry, and Coach Stefanski. But I think where he really won this locker room over was during August, and obviously at the time, you know, social injustice was a big, big you know, issue and th- things at the time. And he encouraged, I mean, not even encouraged, almost pushed his players to, if you want to use your platform to speak your mind, everyone in this building, including ownership, has your back. Those are the types of guys that players will run through walls for. It needs to be uniform. It needs to be genuine. It needs to be understood. It can't be faked. I am here for you. You were here for me. This is my first head coaching gig. Baker Mayfield, you were a number one overall pick. Miles Garrett, you were a number one overall pick. There's plenty of talent in this room. There's no excuses. There should be a better outcome at the end of the day. So whatever we have to do to find that way to make it work, whether it's out of the locker room, within the locker room, on the practice field, and certainly through Zoom meetings, because the Browns have seemed to be you know, kicking butt and taking names through Zoom meetings, which is pretty much all they did last week. The, the message is getting across. The communication is there and the unification, which I have never seen with this franchise, with this roster from front office to coaching staff to players has not existed since September of 2017, since I've been covering this team. And that is for me, the biggest takeaway about this team, not only to where they are now going into this game, but going further, it it truly feels like the genuine product where even when the 
odds are stacked against them, they are going to find a way and not always succeed, but they are going to find a way to battle. And that is the most refreshing part of what has been the 2020 Cleveland Brown season. And when you look at this game and you look at the players that are going to be playing this game, one of the players that Chiefs fans are going to be worried about is going to be Kareem Hunt. Obviously, we saw on social media him talking about this game being personal for him. What do you think that this game is going to really mean for him? And and do you think his teammates are going to rally behind him in that regard? I I certainly think it's there. And I think for Kareem to have a good week, uh, you know, against Pittsburgh, um, because he's it's not always been there. And then there was the opportunity where he was the feature back when Nick Chubb was out. Um, I'm not saying he can't be a feature back in the NFL, but I think his role and what Kareem does well, as far as the passing game, along with the running game with you guys, which you guys all know so well as Chiefs fans, um, that's where it brings a mystery in when he comes into the backfield, they could throw it to him. Um, He can run legitimate routes, not just screens and that types of things. He can run legitimate pass routes. Um, and I'll be honest, this is one of the things I've already talked about this week. Um, you know, Kareem, A number one, he's from Cleveland, and he's talked about this where seeing this uh, franchise succeed and being a part of it. Um, and I don't know how much he's going to say, but there's got to be a part of him that there's a big chip on his shoulder um, for not being a part, uh, you know, of the Chiefs anymore. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, what was done is done. You know, who's right, who's wrong. We're not here to do that, Chris, but he's not here anymore. But yes, and for almost, I'd say 99.9% of the time, he has been the model citizen. He has been the model teammate. There was a you know a slight dust up last offseason. Uh, but I'd be stunned if he's not coming into this one um, you know, with maybe a little bit of a score to settle. But between he and Nick, this is a huge key for the Browns possibly making this a game. Um, Patrick Mahomes, uh, we all love him. Everybody loves to watch Patrick Mahomes. But if you actually want to beat the Chiefs, you want Patrick Mahomes wearing that nice red medical mask, keeping himself safe, sitting on the bench with his teammates. You don't want him on the field. Yeah, you don't want to be watching him actually playing on the game. I, I get that. And we'll get back to that in just a moment. When we get back, Jeff is going to flip the script and ask me some questions about this Chiefs team. Are we ready for some football? College football just finished up bowl season and their national championship. NFL regular season is over. We are down to the Final Four in the AFC and the NFC with trips to the AFC and NFC championship game on the line this weekend. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, for your 50% welcome bonus. Game of the week, I don't care, Browns fans. Game of the week, Browns traveling to Kansas City, currently nine-point underdogs. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book expert. As we continue on Crossover Thursday, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. Playoff style again for my Browns listeners. For you Lockdown Chiefs listeners, um, well, playoff episodes. I guess you all are kind of used to this. Uh, for Chris and Ryan, they do a fantastic job. So to sit down here, and I remember we did this in 2018, Baker's rookie year. Uh, that game did not go well. Um, there was a certain first-year quarterback playing for the Chiefs who had a monster year, leading to 50 touchdowns. Um, Kareem Hunt 
three touchdowns that day. Uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, impossible to cover that day. But it just goes to show you how some things can stay the same, some things change. Chris, um, we'll get into this here. Um, it, it, again, if I sound a little giggly, yes, I, I, I'm covering playoff football. I'm a little giggly. <laughs> but Chris, I get it. The funniest thing is with the Chiefs finishing 14 and two this year, so you know, right in line with what this franchise has done the last couple of seasons. But the games have been closer this year. Um, You know, whether it was the Dolphin game, uh, the Raiders of all teams, and that's a common opponent that you know gave the Browns an L, obviously gave the Chiefs an L. Um, The games have been a little bit closer this year for the Chiefs, which we have not been accustomed to watching this franchise over the last couple of seasons. What's been the issue as far as that? I mean, there's still some of the same, you know, predominant skill players on this team. Is there something that's maybe changed roster wise where now these games, even though you're 14 and two, these games have been a little bit closer, a little bit more into the fourth quarter than we've seen from the Chiefs the last couple of seasons? You know, I think if you really look at the Chiefs' schedule and if you go and you start looking at their games, a lot of the games, they'll get up early. I mean, they may be up 10, 14, you know, sometimes 21 points, uh, and then they let the teams back in in the fourth quarter. Uh, that isn't always the case. You're talking about the Dolphins game. I think the Dolphins game is an outlier in that regard. But I will say the Dolphins have a fantastic defense, and that's one thing that you're just not going to get away from. Uh, is their defense is absolutely fantastic. So that's going to give the Chiefs trouble. I think you're also going to see, uh, you know, the teams that have given Kansas City trouble this year, uh, you know, the Los Angeles Chargers are another one that gave Kansas City trouble, uh, especially in the first game that they played. Uh, and they were actually winning against the Chiefs till late in the game. But it's you have to be able to create pressure with four. If you can do that, then you can slow down the offense a little bit. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is still probably going to be able to find ways to get things done and score some points, but it's going to be uh, not near as much as what it would be to begin with uh, and normally. Uh, so I think that's really what it comes down to. And then you also look at the fact that you know defenses are really trying to switch things up and try to figure out how to slow Mahomes down. Uh, and that's really the key to, to stopping this Chiefs team if you can trick him. The problem is, in most cases, you're really not tricking him anymore. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think the young man is, you know, caught on quite quickly. And I see so many times when I watch him play and you see him going backwards and more backwards in the pocket. And, you know, normally you say, what in the world is this guy doing? Um, don't worry about it. Um, there's there's rules for everybody else in the NFL. And then there's the Patrick Mahomes rules. And I've said this actually now for a couple of days already. Um, the Chiefs are in the red zone when they have the ball. That's the way it works with this franchise. Um, Fair enough. Clyde, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire obviously was a, a a big part of the running game, and then it you know with his loss, um, Le'Veon Bell, an interesting name to have, and certainly now here where Le'Veon Bell always seems that there's you know he's got a score to settle with everybody, not the Jets, not the Steelers. It seems anybody um, Le'Veon Bell has a score to settle. Um, is the running attack? Is this you know as we're talking January football? I'm not sure of an early weather report. Um, if it gets to a point where you know there's some things and you're going to have to try and run the ball because there's been times, obviously the Browns have struggled with this. Is that there the mesh between the play calling, between the offensive line, between Le'Veon Bell's ability? Is there an opportunity if the if the Chiefs have to run the ball that they can with success? It's a great question, and I wish I had a great answer for you. Uh, unfortunately, Are you searching the weather right now? Are you really searching the weather for me right now? 
I, I am that. looking at the weather because I wanted to know, you know, what it's going to be like. It's forty. It's supposed to be forty-three degrees on Sunday. Perfect. Uh, it's a high uh, for a two o'clock kickoff. Ten mile an hour winds. Uh, doesn't look like it's supposed to rain. So that's a dream scenario know. for this this time of year. Yeah. Yeah. So you're looking at probably pretty good weather for this type of game. Uh, what I will say though is the other thing that I didn't mention before is you're dealing with a issue of having to. Uh, deal with offensive line issues. They have consistently had injuries across the offensive line that have really hurt their offense. And then the other thing I should have mentioned before, I think Andy Reid has a bad tendency that he needs to get over. He lets he seems to let teams get back into games. He changes the play calling. He doesn't seem to go for the throat at times. Honestly, I think that if they get to a point where they get up on a team by 21, they need to try to get to the, the lead to 30 to 35. And then if you want to take off the gas a little bit, then you're probably okay. But the problem is, is, you know, letting team, you know, letting somebody come back from being down 21, you know, 10 seconds and that score can be, you know, one score game if, if those 10 sec- seconds go horribly wrong. So you, know, you look at this weather, I do think that uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire has a really good chance of being back this week. Oh, uh, so that's going to be a big question mark. We do not know at this point, but it is possible he's back to playing this week. I do know that they were optimistic last week that he would be available. So that's a possibility. And I do think that Le'Veon Bell has something to prove. And I think he came here specifically for this type of game. Uh, now I want to flip the side to the defensive side of the ball here. Last year, late in the season, um, the Chiefs defense decided maybe, hey, we're just going to kind of scrap playing these linebackers because we're not exactly sure what they're giving us. Uh, you know, went more defensive backs uh, on the on the field, and that obviously led to them, you know, winning the Super Bowl. Where is the defense at? And you know it, that that showed me a lot last year with, with the willingness to say, "Hey, we have to adjust on the fly." Um, in your points on Mahomes as a fantasy owner, yeah, I was totally there. Like, you know, where was the three hundred and fifty yards by the fourth quarter? Like, I, I did miss that um, in a couple of leagues. Um, but the defensive side of the ball, I mean, we, everybody knows about Chris Jones. Um, Tyron Matthew, even if he may not still be the guy he was, he's always that guy that can make a play that just you know, will overcome whether or not maybe you know he missed a tackle here or there whatsoever. But this defense, you know, where are they at now as far as you know understanding that they're going to have to take it up a notch because it is the playoffs. It might not just be the Browns; it could be whoever they play in the AFC Championship game. God willing, they're not there. Um, for the Super Bowl, you know, where is the state of the defense at now? Because obviously the Chiefs have made a point of investing so much in the offense. And it's kind of similar a little bit, but in a smaller sample size to where the Browns are right now. A lot going on offense, and it's kind of a lot of fingers crossed, gritting your teeth, uh, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. Guys, please just make one play. Just get one turnover and hopefully can make the difference. You know, I think the big thing that you're looking at when you look at this defense is they're dealing with injuries there, too. You're dealing with uh, Anthony Hitchens missed last week. Uh, Anthony, or sorry, missed two weeks ago in in week 17. He went on the COVID list. Uh, And he also, I believe, missed week 16. He's now back with the team uh, after COVID. But, you know, you talked about Miles Garrett. It seems like Anthony Hitchens probably had COVID. So the question is, is he going to be, you know, a shell of himself or is he going to be close to what he was? Uh, you know, big question mark there. Not sure. But the other side of it is, is you know, it looks like Willie Gay is probably going to miss this week. That would be my guess. Uh, he's their second round pick from last year. A uh, lot of speed and, and would really help out on that defense. But uh, if you get Anthony Hitchens back and Wilson, I think that's going to help. 
but the Chiefs aren't really a three down or a three linebacker team anyway. I mean, they do usually use three three safeties, and you're going to usually see Daniel Sorensen on the field with Tyron Matthew and Juan Thornhill. So I still expect that that's going to be the way they're going to go, especially considering uh, Ben Neiman got hurt a couple weeks ago as well and hurt his hamstring. And the question is, is whether or not he'll be back this week. Uh, they could get some help back from Dorian O'Daniel, but they didn't really seem to want to give him any uh, time on the defensive side of the ball. So I have a hard time believing that they'll have him on the field. Um, I, you know, just you know, a couple of simple ones here, Chris. Um, obviously, you get to cover so many fantastic talents, whether it's you know a Tyreek Hill, a Kelsey, whether it is Patrick Mahomes, whether it is uh, you know Chris Jones. Give me a name or two here on this Chiefs roster that maybe kind of gets lost in the shuffle just due to the fact that there are a bunch of headliners. You have a quarterback with you know, the most amazing contract that we've ever seen being given. Who are some players here on this Chiefs roster that maybe don't get talked about enough and they're essentially maybe you know the lunch pail guys of this team uh, you know, that are also very important and integral to a 14-2 regular season to getting the number one seed and the only buy given to the American football conference. You know, I think you have to look at, if I left this guy out, I think I would be doing a disservice to everybody. Um, But you probably already know his name and Eric Fisher, Uh, their left tackles. I'm not going to see he is the best left tackle in football because, you know, that, that I think is going too far, but I think he's played very well this season. Uh, And with all the other offensive line injuries that they've had, it's been a real struggle for them to keep a unit together uh, but he has been a guy that has battled through injuries, battled through back injuries, and and stayed in and was able to play uh, most snaps this season. I think he's been fantastic, uh, and you know really appreciate that. And then you flip it over to the other defensive side of the ball. Derek Naughty is a guy that's never going to get enough accolades. Uh, he has been a fantastic nose tackle for the defense, uh, fantastic for the you know for the defensive line and stopping the run. Uh, he is doing a very good job. Uh, in on the interior, he's not a pass rush guy, uh, but he is a run stuffer, and uh, obviously can't say struggles in that area. But he is probably one of their better run stuffers. I'll give you a bonus guy <laughs> as well. Uh, be sure to watch out for Turk Wharton. Uh, Tershawn Wharton has really come on this season. He was an undrafted free agent. I was expecting he wasn't even going to be a guy that was going to be playing much, and then Colin Saunders got hurt. Uh, three or four weeks into the season, I can't remember, and he went on injured reserve, and Wharton took his job. I mean, Wharton hasn't let Saunders back on the field. So uh, Wharton is, you know, he is a young guy. He's very raw. He has a lot to learn, but he's going to create havoc in the middle, and he's going to be helping Chris Jones. So that is another guy I would be watching for. And, again, I would also watch for Juan Thornhill. I think he's still running into shape as well on the back end coming back from injury. Um, I, you know, Juan Thornhill was a guy we absolutely loved as far as possibly being a, bound, a, a Browns, you know, draft prospect. Um, plays everywhere. Um, you know, with his size, with his length, great tackler. Um, and this is probably good. this. Yes, this is something that's going to be interesting, though. Is obviously as, as you talked about the Chiefs' defense. Um, if the Browns do get Joe Batonio back, and at the time of our recording here, it's trending that Joe Batonio will be back. You've got a great interior part of this Browns defensive line between. Joel Batonio, J.C. Treader, and, of course, Wyatt Teller in the interior of the Chiefs' defensive line. That, that should be a probably a key positional matchup between Chiefs' defense, Browns' offense that could dictate um, you know, 
the success or you know maybe the you know outcome of this game. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm just really excited, and you know win or lose for this Cleveland Browns franchise. Look, the the Chiefs are the model right now. This is you know the you guys are the upper echelon of the AFC. So you know for the Browns to be here, um, and whatever comes of this game Sunday, this is what other teams in the AFC are going to be doing in the offseason. What do we need to do to A, compete with the Kansas City Chiefs, B, beat the Kansas City Chiefs? This is now the, <laughs> no, but I mean, this is what the standard of the AFC is right now. We talked about this, what, for a decade? What do we got to do to beat the New England Patriots? That baton has been passed. What do you need to do to be better than the Kansas City Chiefs? And there's no better way to find out than to go play them. And so, sure. you know, pack your bags. Um, it's going to be a game. Um, make sure we bring plenty of oxygen because this Chiefs offense may have you gasping for it at times. Um, and we'll see. But I, I, I'm just excited for this game. Um, like I said last week, even though the Browns are going to be more, you know, you know, better staffed, obviously, you know, coaches in the building, more players in the building, um, they're going to show up. I, I can't guarantee an outcome. But what I can guarantee at this point is they're going to show up. They're not just here, you know, to pick up some ribs. Uh, some big beans. They're here to play a game on Sunday. We'll see what happens. No, and I'll, I honestly, you, you asked that question, and I'll give you this answer. If you want to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, you have to be able to get after Patrick Mahomes with four. Uh, if you can't do that, you're going to struggle, and that's not me being cocky about Patrick Mahomes. It's just the reality. If you can rush with four, and the problem with, that he gives you right now is he has seen so much in his three years starting he is to the point now where if you blitz him, he knows the blitz is coming. Nine times out of ten, he'll know the blitz is coming before you even before the ball is snapped, and he's going to beat it because he's going to throw the ball where the blitzer's coming from. It's almost like you did him an advantage. Like you tipped, you tipped your hand and see that's the thing that people misconstrue with Patrick is as great and physically talented as he is, he is that intelligent. And that's what makes him the special player that he is. And I have to say this because it's absolutely something I absolutely love. Uh, you talk about different coaches and whatnot, and you know you get Eric Bieniemy talking about some of these players, and he talked and said something about Patrick Mahomes. And and I know this is generally a very family friendly show, but I'm just going to say it because it's what Eric Bieniemy said. He called Patrick Mahomes a competitive prick. Yep. And that is, and the best thing about that is, you know, Patrick Mahomes loves Eric Bieniemy, so he has no problem with himself being called that. But the thing is about Mahomes is he is he is that guy. He is in the building the first. Uh, he's the first guy in the building. He you know he has so much to uh, you know thank Alex Smith for that he could never thank Alex Smith for. Uh, and honestly, at this point, I you know I'm very thankful that he is in a Chiefs uniform. But uh, that's my big key for you guys is. And any team that wants to beat Kansas City is you have to be able to get after him with your defensive line, because if you are sending more than four guys after him, he is going to beat you somehow. So I'm looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be a good one. I always love playoff football. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to Sunday. Jeff, it's been great talking to you. Uh, you as well, Chris. Um, you know, we're just, I mean, as thrilled as we are as fans to be here. Um, we know what this opportunity is. And look, we may think that the Browns have a foreseeable future, but, you know, sometimes injuries, other things dictate, you know, that script. Um, but look, we're here. We're, you know, we're looking to come and play hard. We're looking to dance the dance um, and we'll see what happens. Um, you know, it's just 
it's a great ride thus far. Um, of course, they want it to continue. But again, you know, it, this doesn't feel like it's just about 2020 for the Browns. It feels like this has some sense of this is going to be some normalcy here for the foreseeable future when you have key elements in place like a, you know, a key pass rusher, a quarterback, a backfield, an offensive line, tight ends, wide receivers. Like, there's a lot going on here, Chris. Like, I used to ask for everything. What, what did the Browns need in the draft? Uh, everything is my answer. Uh, right now, um, there's some help on defense. Um, but they're doing a great job with their mentality of team defense thus far. So should be a great one Sunday. Um, Ravens, Bills, you know, battle all out Saturday night. We'll see who's facing Kansas City or Cleveland the following Sunday. <laughs> well, and thanks again, Jeff. We really appreciate having you on. And that's going to be it for us today, folks. Thank you very much. And we will be back to talk to you tomorrow.